It's Thursday, people. It's Thursday, family. Brothers and sisters, it's Thursday. Guess what? And if it's Thursday, it's got to be Dr. P on the pod. I am just so blessed and highly favored today that I have the opportunity to come back and talk with you another time. It is only by God's grace that I can show up on another Thursday and say, Dr. P on the pod. I'm excited. We're going to be talking to Dr. Marsha Martin, who is a friend indeed, a sister who is on the battlefield, the battlefield around the world addressing HIV and AIDS here in the United States. She is a former board member of the United Nations uh, AIDS program. She is she's over in Geneva. She's everywhere, wherever HIV they're talking about it. South Africa, she just got back. She is everywhere. She is on the wall for black people in HIV. I'm going to say she's on the wall for all people living in HIV, all people working in HIV. And we're just happy to have Dr. Marsha Martin as my special guest today. Listen, before we get to Dr. Marsha, if you haven't done Healthy Churches 2020, you better get on it, baby. You better get on it because Healthy Churches 2020 conference is, I mean, it is rolling. It is coming November 19th through the 22nd in Charlotte, North Carolina. I know. I know you're hot. I know what's hot is August and it's hot. Ah, I hope you've been to the beach. Hope you've been to the pool. But if you've been to the beach and if you've been to the pool, be careful. Be careful if you're going because, you know, they got some bacteria out there. You know, the pool, if you go in with some, but some folks have died because of the flesh eating bacteria. And then there's another situation where um, you got a, a amoeba, this, this, um, that's eating people. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible what's happening in our waters because of pollution. It's horrible what we are doing to our environment. It's not, you know, you got to think about whether you're going to the beach. You got to think about whether you're going to the pool. You have to be so careful. The things that we used to just do, you know, not even thinking about it. You have to be careful because we are just killing our environment and our environment is mad and now killing us. So, you know, I think um, uh, we did a piece Sunday morning health corner a couple of weeks ago on um, flesh eating uh, bacteria that people are dying from getting uh, when they get into the ocean. Uh, and, you know, it's not just it's not a simple thing. I think you have to have a cut uh, on your somewhere uh, and then you have kids that are getting stuff in the pool, uh, not all pools and not all oceans, which is why I'm asking you to go and look it up, get some information. Um, but, you know, just I mean, we are we're in a fight for our lives. We body we as a body of Christ, we must come together and pray collectively for our planet, for our planet. Uh, listen, uh, but I want you to take care. I want you to be blessed. I want you to rise up and be as highly favored as I am. If you're not already, I'm going to hurry up and get out the way because I'm excited to have Dr. Marsha Martin on the program today and talking about a, a issue that is very close to my heart. HIV and AIDS, because, you know, the bomb in Gilead, we got started through the Harlem week of prayer for the healing of AIDS. HIV is still real. We may not talk about it as much as we should. 
and Lord knows we should. We don't talk about it. And I'm guilty. We don't talk about HIV like we need to be talking about HIV. HIV is still devastating our community, but it's devastating it quietly, quietly. And we need to rise up. We need to rise up. So Dr. Marsha Martin is going to be coming to us soon. And uh, I'm going to get out the way because guess what, baby? I'm just so happy to be blessed and highly favored today. It's Thursday, and if it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod, yeah! Hey, you know it's Thursday, and you know if it's Thursday, it has got to be Dr. P on the pod. I am just excited. I got another one of my ride-or-die sisters, Dr. Marsha Martin. Now, you know Dr. Marsha Martin. You all don't know Dr. Marsha like I know Dr. Marsha. First of all, I'm just happy she's in the United States today because oftentimes she's somewhere in Geneva. She might be in Spain or uh, Paris. She's, she's all over the place. But I am glad she is with Dr. P on the pod today. Dr. Marsha is uh, the coordinator for a global network of black people working in HIV and AIDS. And she is a former board member of UN AIDS. That's United Nations AIDS. Okay. And I'm just excited. I asked Marsha to come on the show today because, you know, we don't talk a lot about HIV anymore. We really don't. Um, it's like if there ever was a silent killer, it's really silent now because we just don't hear or talk about HIV anymore. So, you know, Dr. Marsha, not only does she deal with HIV here in the United States, she deals with HIV all over the world. Dr. Marsha, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, Dr. P, and I'm happy to be with you today. Thank you. And like you said, HIV and AIDS are silent killers. And I am so happy that you are wanting to talk about it. That's an amen moment. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's, well, let's put some, let's put some, uh, some music to the amen moment. And why don't you give us an update on uh, HIV and you can talk about it nationally, globally, or both. Just let's go. Okay. I'm going to talk about it uh, both globally and nationally, but I'm going to start with the global numbers just so everybody knows. And the global numbers are about, 40 million people are living with HIV around the globe, you know, give or take two or three million people. And the important part of this message is about 25 million of them are on treatment. And that is a wonderful thing. You know, many years ago, we didn't have a lot of treatments and not a lot of options for people living with HIV. And the good news is there is treatment available. But just what I've said, uh, 40 million living with 25 million in treatment, we got a $15 million treatment gap. That means 15 million people who need to be on treatment don't have access to it today. And uh, the work that we need to do is make sure people have access to treatment. Now, another important point to all this is the majority of people living with HIV around the globe are black and brown people. And so the message to the African-American and African community is we have got to step up the game if we want to make sure everybody gets treatment and everybody benefits from the treatment. Almost 2 million people became infected with HIV last year, and really, unfortunately, about 800,000 people died from HIV last year. And so what's happening is those that are getting infected are um, really keeping the numbers going up. 
And the reality is more people are living longer, and that's a good thing. So for you, people are dying. But the key is to get tested, to get diagnosed, and to get on treatment. Because the good news is treatment saves lives, and treatment has been shown to be effective in helping people not pass the virus on to somebody else. Hey, Marsha, thank you so much for that. And, you know, I guess I'm sure, not I guess, I'm sure, you know, folks are like there are some so many people who are saying, well, you know what? Uh, I live in South Carolina or I live in Mississippi and I live in uh, Georgia and uh, I, I still can't. We don't have as when treatment is not as accessible as uh, we would like it to be in this in these communities. What do we do? Everybody can't get the treatment. What do we do? Or is that a myth? No, that's not a myth, and I'm really happy that you brought up those states in that region of the country because reality is in the South, below the Mason-Dixon line, and I like to say to people, you know, uh, east of the Rio Grande, that's where 50% of all new infections are coming from in the United States. And again, black and brown people are overrepresented in that region and overrepresented in the new cases of HIV. And so what we are seeing now is this is a region in the country that has been left to its own to try to respond to the epidemic. And we know these are the similar states that didn't expand Medicaid, don't have access to quality health care services, or people have to travel a long distance to try to get to care. So what's happening now is really wonderful thing that got announced this year is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the National Institutes of Health have come together with the um, Health Resources Services Administration, our top three agencies in the federal government, to embark on a new initiative called Ending the Epidemic in the United States. The belief is that we can end the epidemic in the United States within 10 years if we can get to these regions that have been left behind. The new message now is leaving no one behind. And so it was announced this year, $250 million will be made available for us to go into communities and to regions in our country that have been left behind, help set up systems and services and get people into care and make sure that care helps people get to viral suppression where the HIV is absolutely low, 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 low levels, almost gone, but not quite. And uh, people are healthier, live longer, don't get the infections they used to get, and don't pass the virus on. So we're trying to take the experiences that we've had globally where we can show that if we get everybody tested and get everybody into care, we start to reduce how much virus is in the community and how many people are infected. So folks listening to this podcast need to talk to their folks in the state and county health departments and ask them what are they doing to help to end the epidemic and if they are applying for this new money that was announced this year because that's going to make all the difference in the regions where we have not done our best. Wow. So, Marsha, what can the community do today? You know, um, again, we, you know, I don't see no billboards, you know, as I go around, and I don't see none here in Richmond. I don't see none all over the place, you know, and we are talking about uh, treatment, and we know that over 50% of black young black gay men are HIV positive, a growing number, high numbers of African-American women have HIV you know, uh, we have to definitely get be more engaged and and put more advocacy around get people getting in treatment. But at the same time, we have to talk about prevention. And where's the prevention, Marshall? Really, where's the prevention? Well, you have hit the nail on the head. 
this is the area where we haven't done the job and we have let the ball fall. You know, many years ago, you'll recall, you and I had a discussion where we talked about HIV being a little bit like Juneteenth. And, you know, many of our communities celebrate Juneteenth. Well, what was Juneteenth all about? Juneteenth was about when some communities got the news, they changed their behavior. And some other communities did not get the news that we had been emancipated and that Lincoln had signed the law to say that we were no longer to be slaves. And some of us didn't get that news until a couple years later. So what? We stayed where we were. We didn't change our behavior. We acted like everything was regular. And I like to think sometimes that in our community, we are suffering a little bit from that Juneteenth idea. We didn't think HIV had anything to do with us. We thought it only had to do with a group of people that was different from us. We certainly, if we were women, didn't think it had anything to do with us because it was talking about men and men who had sex with men. And so we didn't think it had anything to do with us. And lo and behold, the reality is 70% of the women in the United States that are living with HIV are African-American women. Mm. And, you know, it's numbers that are really just unacceptable. And that's because we didn't think it had anything to do with our community. Well, that's the sort of downside of all this. The upside of all this is we've got some powerful people in our community. We have some resilience in our community. And when we come together, we can change things. We've shown it time and time again. And so you're right to say, where are the messages? Where are the billboards? Where's the leadership? What are we doing in our pews about HIV? And I will tell you that we have some great churches and some great mayors and some great models for raising awareness, for getting the message out, for providing testing, testing in our communities, testing in our churches, testing in our health fairs. What all African-American communities should do is when we get out to party, when we get out to celebrate, when we get out to have a festive time, we should be having the health department come and provide HIV screening, cholesterol screening, checking us for diabetes. We should include it on every one of our health exams. That's a recommendation now that people who are sexually active get tested for HIV once a year. And especially gay and bisexual men, they should get tested at least twice a year. So there are things we can do and we also know when we put our hearts and minds and spirit to it, nothing can stop us. Nothing so can I'm stop gonna us. Say, so I'm going to say to our community, let's get it on. Let's go for it. Let's show America that we can get to the end of this. Listen, we're listening to Dr. Marsha, Dr. Marsha Martin, and we're going to be right back because I got to remind you right here that it's Thursday. And if it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod. Marsha, we're going to come right back at you. Hey, family, we are talking to Dr. Marsha Martin. I hope you have been listening and taking notes. More importantly, I hope you're going to share. We're going to share and we're going to do something about HIV and AIDS. It's been a long road and we are not at the end of this road and HIV is still alive and well. 
Marsha, we, let's talk a little bit about the global network of black people uh, working in HIV. This is your, uh, your idea, your baby, bringing, mobilizing black folks who work in HIV all over the world uh, to come together to work as a coalition to address, you know, AIDS in black people. Because worldwide, black people got more HIV than anybody else. Let's talk about your work in the global network of black people working in the HIV. Karen, thank you very much for this opportunity to share what we're doing. The Global Network of Black People Working in HIV is exactly that. We came together to say, you know, there are a lot of black people working in HIV, and there are a lot of black people living with HIV. How about if we come together and we take a look at our own experiences doing this work and try to think, what is, what should we be doing? What is best for our people? And so what we've been doing with the uh, global network of black people working in HIV is bringing communities of black people together around the world at conferences and doing special workshops and really supporting black leadership, Africans and black Africans and African Americans to talk about what do we know? What's our experience? How can we impact this epidemic? What are the tools that we need to develop? What are the tools we have? What are the techniques that we know work and work best with our population? And in part, it's, you know, of course, the old cultural sensitivity, cultural competence, but it's also what do we understand spiritually about who we are as people and what works for us to be as healthy as we can be and to support our well-being? And so Global Network of Black People Working in HIV has coordinated a series of sessions and workshops, and uh, we're going to continue. We've been able to work in Zimbabwe. We've been able to do some work in Uganda. We've been able to do some work in South Africa, but also here at home, California, Florida, Texas, Washington, D.C., New York, uh, bringing people together and having conversations about how we can do this differently. And and I want to use another example of what we hear about, but what we sometimes don't respond to. HIV prevention is very important. And as you identified before, we got to prevent it. We cannot treat our way out of this disease. We're going to have to work aggressively to prevent it. Well, uh, almost 10 years ago, it was found that if you have suppressed your virus and you've been on your medications, you're not going to pass the virus on to somebody else. And so our encouragement, number one, on prevention is treatment is prevention. If you get on treatment, you won't pass this on to anybody else. And that's important for people to know. You can live with HIV. You can be sexually active with HIV. You can protect yourself. We still encourage people to use condoms so that you are not passing off other sexually transmitted infections. But the truth is, if you are virally suppressed, which means the medicine is keeping that virus down, you won't pass it on to anybody else. Well, you know what? We found out by looking at these medicines more closely that for some people, they take the medicines, it's called pre-exposure prophylaxis, and they won't acquire HIV if they've been exposed to it. And the truth is, there's only about 300,000 people in the world who are on this medicine. Half of them are in the United States, and the majority of them are not African-American. So we have a situation where in our community, we are at highest risk for HIV, but we are not availing ourselves of the treatment modalities that have been shown to be effective to prevent onward transmission, Hmm. as well as the prevention biomedical modalities that will keep you from acquiring it. 
And we can also still talk about condoms. We can also still talk about abstinence and not being sexually active or not taking sexual risks with our bodies and our spirits and our minds. So we have work we can do as black people. And this is one of the areas where we as black people working in HIV who have the science, who have the knowledge, can start to help educate our community about what is out there so that we are not acquiring HIV and we are not passing it on to others unknowingly. This is now about us knowing how to help our community. Hey, Dr. Marsha, I wish I had more time. Thank you so much. You know, we can talk and we do talk forever about, you know, what are we going to do? And uh, you've really shared some things on what we can do. You know, uh, we can uh, get more involved with prevention. We can make sure that those of us who are who love people with HIV are on treatment. You know, there are some things we can do. And I want to encourage my family of listeners that uh, to play this podcast over and over and over again. Have your pencil and paper and just take notes and then do some action. You know, uh, you know, we know it, but then we got to Apply it. We have to apply it. You know, have people who have HIV in your family, call them up. If you haven't talked to them in a while, call them up. Get up in their business. Ask them if they're on treatment. Ask them how they doing. Get up all up in their business and let them know that you care about them, that you care, that you love them, that you care about their well-being. Dr. Marsha, I don't have nothing but love for you. You just keep on keeping on. I'm glad you in the United States, you know, I pray for you all the time because on any given day, you are everywhere. And I just thank you for your work. I thank you for showing up at the UN, showing up on all the places, being on all those flights that I don't even want to take anymore. Just thank you. Just thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work you do in the world for all of us, for all of us. It's so good to have you doing the work for all of us. Because, girl, you be a bomb in Gilead. Family, it's Thursday. It's Dr. P on the pod. I got to go. I got to go, but I guarantee you if God's grace hang in there, I'll be right back with you next Thursday. And if it's Thursday, it's got to be Dr. P on the pod. See ya! See ya!